paint a perfect picture Pictures ain't my thing But I could put a story in your head And open up your eyes So listen close This one is for my brothers, sisters, cousins All humans alike Let's take a second to remind ourselves To keep you humble And if my brother Okay, so we're back with the Juby Take I'm Steve I'm Adam And with us tonight is, of course, TJC Hey, hey Back And also Mr. John Casper the original JC. Well, all right. There, there was one JC before me, but yeah, you know, I, okay. I probably was JC. Maybe I, oh. I've got age on TJC. That's true. I'll, I'll let them have it. Okay, though. be I'm, careful I'm, with the JC. I don't know what kind of audience we have, but yeah. there's one that means a lot to certain people out there. <laughs> so we're gonna. But, might, guy's a hack. okay well i'm gonna give you a little context here uh we just finished watching the duck game against washington state uh oregon played very well yeah but we lost yep but that's okay our defense played great it was 33 to 10 wasn't the highest scoring game well 33 to 10 sounds like contrary to what you just said which you know but they did they really looked good I, i mean there was you know games get away a little bit but Man, they did look good. They had a lot of pressure, a lot of stuffing, a lot of runs. That was a good game. I liked it. And some of the points against Oregon were not the the D's entire fault. They're, oh, they're bad call. No, some on the O, and yeah, I won't go into the officiating, but you know, some of it was O's no, responsibility. I will. I will. Oh, <laughs> damn straight, you will. But we did have turnovers, and the officiating was horrendous. And then we had to listen to Homer for some reason on a on a network. We had to listen to Homer announcers. Yeah, Inexplicably, Homer. It was a nationally broadcasted game, and that guy was mm, interesting. So my point with bringing this up is the fact that anybody that knows us and knows the way that we watch Duck football games, even though we only had one touchdown, which meant one shot, we were drinking seven ounces throughout. Oh, yeah, seven so, on Saturday. We're a little bit louder and probably not making as much sense as normal. But then again, we may be making more sense. I don't know. It's very possible. But let's go around real quick and do a buzz level because it's relevant. <laughs> I'll start off and I'm probably a 5.5. And I'm going to just keep it in single decimal points tonight because, you know, after 5.5, <laughs> it gets it's confusing. irrelevant. It gets right? confusing, right? Okay. No reason to split hairs, agreed. Uh, I will say that I'm at a six. Solid. I'll just keep it to one number. Nice. You know, I I, I couldn't say that I... You know what? I'm a 6.1. I like it. I'm more than Joe. I like to live in a world where Adam is drunker than me. Well, Constantly. it's hard not to live in that world. <laughs> yeah. Because it is a reality. Uh, I'm probably a 5.83. So we're starting off everybody's above a five. And this is uh, this is our first podcast doing that. the first one doing that. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Okay, so our, our topic tonight is tailgating. Appropriately. Yes. <laughs> yes. Let's do it after the game. <laughs> so, is, there, is there a word for post-game gating? Wow. I, I, and, Shouldn't you know, that maybe be I'm tailgating? Jumping, You're the tail well, of the game? And, and maybe I'm parsing a little bit, but I thought tailgating was pre-game. Uh, that's, yeah, that's pretty close to the definition. So I, I don't know. I, getting drunk? Maybe, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know that there's a, a specific word for well, I, the after game. game. Yeah, I mean, I guess it could be either, you know, celebrating or commiserating. But, True. You know, that right. doesn't have quite the cachet as, you know, tailgating does. I think that's one thing that we were 
looking at is what is the definition of tailgating when it came to before game? Is it a, is it a pregame? Is it going to the wow. the parking lot and and actually? Well, and it, and it comes down to is it even a game? I right. mean, the tailgating can apply to events. Yeah. So. I mean, buzz level be damned, Adam. You just brought it right back. I was yeah. trying to. I'm trying to keep yeah, us all. that solid. was solid. Very nice. Right where we need to be. Okay, so I did about four and a half minutes of, of investigative. Uh, <laughs> Steve's got notes. <laughs> yeah, I've got notes here. It won't take long, folks, so don't worry. Uh, I and, like it. And so I'm looking at some of the possible origins because, it, you know, on Wikipedia, they give you several options. One of the, uh, one of the options that's applicable for here. Because uh, you know John's a huge Green Bay fan, is uh, Green Bay's first year, 1919. The fans backed their pickups around the field and lowered the tailgates for seating. And some people say that was the original tailgating. Wow! I, and you know, as a Packer fan, we're we're glad to have instigated this now time-honored tradition. And you know, if Packer fans do anything well. It is tailgating. So Okay, so you know, you, there, John, tell us a, a personal experience of of being at a Packer game and tailgating. All right. So I grew up in, in Wisconsin, just outside of Milwaukee, and my earliest memory of sports, I guess, period, is back in probably sixty four ish. Yeah, you know, and just listening to some of the games my dad was watching, and I was eight years old at the time. Um, a few years later, eh, I might have been 12, um, I got my first opportunity to attend a Packer game. Now, there, there's probably an awful lot of fans out there who don't recall that Green Bay used to play half of their home games in Milwaukee. Um, so, you know, just... FYI, I didn't go, I, I've never been to Lambeau. I have been to several Packer games at Milwaukee County Stadium. And that, that was my very first experience. And I, I, like I say, it was probably when I was maybe 12 years old. Now, in a true Packer fashion, there's pre-tailgating. And no, that involves... What? That, <laughs> of that, course that, there that, is, that involves, yeah. No, that's, that's a fact. That, that involves everybody that's going to be involved in the tailgating meeting in uh, at a, a local pub a couple of blocks away from the stadium. And this was done so that you could all leave the pub together uh, in a caravan, you know, following each other into the stadium so that you could park side by side by side. And then you could start your tailgating. So this was before so, you would go and like, buy lots because knowing you know up in oregon when when everyone would tailgate you would go and you would have to buy lots and you would buy the lots that are close to your friends or close to the people you knew no there was no concept of lots this was you know to show uh, up yeah there, there were some parking attendants that would direct you and everybody parked in the order they arrived at the stadium you know you file in and you park side by side by side and you know, if you were lucky, maybe you could steal an empty spot. Somebody had skip one and leave an open spot between you. Um, so, um, but that, that was my earliest memory was, you know, starts with the pre-tailgating and, you know, Packer so, fan so and, it, and Milwaukee tradition in a bar. So, yeah. So at, at 12, you walked into the bar. <laughs> of course. What? 
say that like it's odd or something. No, this was Milwaukee in the 60s. It was 1968 for crying now, out loud. Now, okay. Well, that's, yeah, I've done yeah, the same thing and, and, in and Arizona. So. Doesn't mean that the bartender would openly give me a beer. Right. No, he um, had to slide, the, slide that down. Exactly. Right. He, that to you know, he had to pretend he's giving it to your dad as, I, as it slid over to you. I mean, twelve. I, I, you know, I'll, I'll plead. You know, twelve. Twelve actually is the legal drinking age in Milwaukee. I, I believe. Well, they have upped it. You know, it used to be younger. Right. So. Well, they're not um, maniacs. Yeah. No, it, but yeah, it, it, it was a ton of fun, and it was very elaborate. And you know, like I say, you know, they pre-tailgated all of this, and we're talking. Oh, I don't know, anywhere from 10, 15, 18 cars, something like that. And awnings and grills and stoves. And, you know, it, so another thing I do remember, and, you know, this is kind of a stretch for me going back, you know, remembering that far. I do remember that one of the always requested food items was my mother's chili. So, you know, she always had to... On, on the Saturday before game day, make this huge pot of chili. Tailgating and food is just as important as the drinks. Yeah. And, More on that later. Oh. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we'd, we'd get people that were not even in our group walking by and asking if they could buy a bowl of the chili just because it smelled so good. Um, one person would be in charge of setting up the audio system and, you know, there would be music from start to finish. Um it was it, it, being 12 and, you know, just being invited to be part of all of these adults, you know, these older folks. And it was, it was fascinating. Something I, you know, obviously I haven't forgotten. And, you know, when I, I'm still sort of amazed my dad took me along. But <laughs> um, no, that's know, that's it's, that's really cool, John. That's that's really neat. I don't have that that kind of memory from tailgating. Uh, my tailgating experience started you know, when I was in college. So I have no young memories of. No, of, that's really cool. Actually, <laughs> I I'm, I'm find myself being quite jealous, frankly. <laughs> that's, that's super cool. Tailgating with the Packers, Packers fans at 12. So that's neat. Now, Adam, you mentioned buying lots. Yeah. I mean, at Autzen, because that's not my experience. When, when I tailgated at Autzen, it was as John said, you just drove into the parking lot and you took the next slot. Well, I haven't necessarily done that myself. I think when I was doing it or when I was there, I was always with friends, you know, uh, the, the families um, or, or groups of friends came together and, and yeah, you had to purchase, they just sectioned the parking lots off or the section of where they would allow tailgating. You like know, seating, not it was, it not was like all, seating. Yeah, not all of the parking lots were allowed to tailgate. There's sure, sections. Well, it really, after a while, it, yeah, it really changed from when I was going there in the seventies. The the lots were huge, and you know, virtually everybody that went to the game was in the parking lots. Right, and that's not the case anymore with all of the construction and the new fields they've built. Right, and everything they've added at Otson. Now most parking is off-site. It's actually, you know, one of the. Um, it's funny, if, you know, if you look online and and look into what you need to do when it comes to going to a game at Autzen or going to a University of Oregon football game, you have to uh, cross the bridge and go down the the walking path with the whole crowd. 
I mean, thousands of people, you know, commuting to the stadium because they're not allowed to, to just be outside in the parking lot anymore. Right. There's just not that. So the, yeah, the, the bridge that crosses the Willamette, yeah. uh, with, you know, that comes from campus. Right. So that was always a lot of the students would be walking over that. And I mean, there's, there's, there's a couple of parking lots that are on the other side of that bridge as well. So there are quite a few. Yeah. So that's totally changed because of what they've done at Autzen. Yeah. That walking bridge, the interesting thing, there was a, when Oregon beat Washington years ago, and it was a a huge game, I believe it was Washington, maybe USC, I don't know, (laughs) but they tore down the goalposts at Autzen, and they carried them, because Autzen is a bowl, okay, so they carried it up over the top of the stadium, and because it's, you know, it's it's earthen on the side, so there's ramps going down, it's not like a lot of stadiums where it's just straight down and and stairways. So they carried it out of the stadium, up over the top of it, down the walking path, and across the walking bridge, across the Willamette, and carried the goalposts all the way over to the campus. Wow. Which was quite an event. (laughs) That would be interesting. And doing that for no reason other than to carry them as far as they could, right? Right. Well, of course, you know, (laughs) it's being excited. And, and, you know, it used to be that, you know, you'd rush the field and, there's all the controversy involved with that, but then tearing down the goalposts used to be a thing, um, and now actually some stadiums actually have retractable go- goalposts to keep people from doing that. It's wow, I had but no guys, idea about that. Well, guys would climb on it. You know, get enough people on it where yeah. it would start to bend over, and then all of a sudden it get to the ground. Yep, it was always a lot of fun to watch those types of things happening, and yeah. Now we're gonna, I'm going to bleed over a little bit into maybe some other sports, but. The concern and why you don't see it anymore is the safety. Oh, absolutely. And yeah. I'd... In, in this case, I, I probably, yeah, I, I miss seeing the enthusiasm and the rushing of the uh, fans onto the, the field. And, you know, even in pro sports, you know, college was fun. They did it in pro as well. But it was hugely dangerous. You oh. watch some of those people that were climbing, you know, 40 feet up in the air waiting to fall to the ground <laughs> oh no it's it yeah it's the worst possible thing that and, you can imagine there's you know i don't know how many people were involved with that let's say there was uh five thousand people involved with getting it out of the stadium mm-hmm. and back to the campus and i'd be willing to bet now that there's probably fifty thousand people that say they were there and they had a hold of the gold <laughs> and in another 25 years there'll be a hundred thousand sure oh, yeah yeah so it's it was just an event and yes i'm glad that they don't do that anymore and thanks for bringing up the safety part of it, John, because it, it is You're rushing the court in basketball. John's actually wearing a hard hat for anybody who, you know, of course you can't see him, but he's no, got a can't. safety vest and a hard hat. So. And he does and safety <laughs> glasses and the whole thing. Cause any, anybody who's ever seen me cook knows why I do that. Yeah, yeah. of course. <laughs> yeah. Must've so, been some great tailgating before that game. Safety first. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, again, it's, it, things evolve, things are different. Yeah. You know, now they have a really neat thing at Autzen Stadium where they go into the Mashovsky Center. Right. And it's catered and you can order a beer and, you know, you can you can hang out and it's really great. Well, Tailgate Magazine, just so everybody knows, has uh, recently released its top 25 tailgating meccas in college football and none other than the University of Oregon's Autzen, Sta- Autzen excuse me, Stadium landed the top spot on the list. Nice. Really? Wow. Yeah, well, like I said, the Mashovsky Center, what they're do- able to do with that. Yeah, they quote that here. 
and you know it's it's catered it's comfortable it's really nice they actually the the players walk through the Mashovsky Center to go to the field to the le- dressing room yeah. no in their street clothes. oh right, right, right so you can see them they don't have helmets on or anything all and, right so this gets back into some of the earlier discussion on what is tailgating and is going to somebody else's organized event and having some food and and beverage you know in a catered environment the same as traditional tailgating going well, to the back but, of your and, truck but john to your point even back in the day when you were 12 you talked about how organized it was with the people that were going there and and you know the way that they it basically is catered because you have the guys that are bringing the grills you have chili you have all that it's just being done by the participants so yeah it, it becomes kind of a gray area yeah, where I, I kind of draw the line i think yeah. you know between a, a commercial enterprise making a profit from people you know selling food and beer before or you know whatever before the game as opposed to people being creative and bringing you know for a very small and you know we're talking limited numbers of people less than 50 at the max on you know some of these tailgating parties 50 50 would have been a huge group of tailgaters yeah many oh, of them were, were 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 10 to 15 you know no, more than 15 was a big group yeah no, and i understand what you're saying but the reason that the oregon did this is that they had taken up all of the parking lots around the stadium with all of these facilities mm. that they had, had built for the football team right. and for the athletic department. So you, it's just not available to be able to park in, in areas like that. Yeah. So, ah, and, and I'm, you know, not, not foo-fooing, you know, what they did. Yes, you are. You totally were. <laughs> ah, just trying to, you know, is, is that truly tailgating? And, well, and, and you know, this brings back, you know, what, yeah. what is tailgating yes. as opposed to, well, that's and, a good question for sure. Is it a community-driven thing, or is it a organization-driven thing? Maybe is maybe well, that's too simple. Well, is I think it the you know, Steve, Steve kind of alluded to it a little bit earlier. You know, certainly sporting events maybe are not the limiting factor for tailgating. You could be tailgating for something else, Concerts, depending on yeah, sure, I- exactly how how wide you want to expand your definition of tailgating. The, yes, the season premiere of Antiques Roadshow. I mean, it's I'm sorry to talk about you know a cliche thing. Everybody says it, but yeah, no, yeah. I get it. <laughs> well, okay, yeah. I'm I'm going back to my pad now because there was another <laughs> fact that I found. Please on, tell me it was about Steve's Antique going Roadshow. back to his second <laughs> note. Tell me it was about Antique Roadshow. <laughs> that would be amazing. And, yeah. and he uh, can read his no. notes. I, that's better than I could do. Yeah, it's way ahead of me. So okay, so one of the sites that I was on uh, was talking about what is truly tailgating, and they were talking about a, a group of people getting together, consuming food and beverages to watch an event. I okay. like that. So th- that was their criteria. It, it, it sounds simple, which is what you'd like out of criteria for such a thing. Right. Exactly. And what they cited was during the Civil War, the first <laughs> battle of Bull Run, a lot of the people in the local community tailgated actually were watching the first <laughs> battle and picnicking on a hillside overlooking the battlefield. I want they that were, to be true so badly. It I is. To, they were tailgating. It was online. It's true. I, I believe it. Because I want to. <laughs> so they watch the play, you know, the, the troop movement, you yeah. know, and then, and the strategy and, what, you know, the, it, it seemed from a distant to be 
I guess, kind of interesting. But yeah, they sat on a hillside watching this. Watching people die. Uh, well, yeah. Yeah, thanks, yeah, Adam, basically. for the buzzkill, by the way. Yeah, taking us right to the horrible Jesus. part of that. But I just... Like, I don't think they thought about that at the time. Set in and for that's, a second. It's morbid, but okay, Dr. Doom. Jeez. So, <laughs> hey, you I'm, know, aside from some of the controversy that it could have been Chickamauga instead of Bull Run, it wouldn't What in some the of world this, are you talking about? <laughs> the obvious controversy that we're just skirting past that it could have been Chickamauga besides Anyway, continue, John. Anyway, I, I want to go back and, you know, couldn't this just as equally then have applied um you know, in in the um, Dark Ages, the Middle Ages, in you know some of the jousting tournaments, and certainly they had of the arenas built in yeah, gladiatorial and, situations. Of course. All right. So now you're taking it even back. Well, I'm just quite speaking a bit in general. To, in general, you know, the Christians yes. and the lions, yeah. and you know, even there, I'm pretty sure they had some type of. Uh, food and alcoholic beverage in the stands. I love it. Technically, not, not according back in the day. Not according to the website that I was. <laughs> Steve's at. website says no. <laughs> All right, now I watched Spartacus. <laughs> well, and John counters your f- fictitious Did all website. All of those with... fans have a drink in their hand. I, well, and awesome. Adam, Adam has recently been to the Renaissance Festival, so. Oh Jesus! Well, he's obviously the authority on this. So then, then you would know there was but, plenty of tailgating at the Renaissance. All right, Renaissance. Now, was there pre? Tailgating, tailgating. Ooh, so I didn't go early enough for that. I no, wouldn't okay. know. I couldn't well, we, tell you. We won't know about that. No, no well. it's very so, possible. I heard about it, but I just I couldn't tell you for sure. So I have some experiences with tailgating. Do you? Yes, I do. I do would tell. love to hear about Certain, them. Certainly, Otson uh, was you know a great place to tailgate back in the day. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of room, uh, a lot of people. Sounds uh, and amazing. And they had what was at the time was the alumni tent and so they had kegs of beer and and it just was a you know one of the big white tents and a few you know plastic chairs in there and they would set up a couple tvs and so you you know you'd go in beforehand and have a couple drinks and go in and and what we did on a lot of occasions is head back out at halftime to the alumni tent and i remember being rather upset at times when oregon started coming back in the second half and we'd have to make the hike back into the stadium to watch the game rather than watching it on TV and drinking beer. But that was a personal choice, and I guess it has nothing Back to do with it. Back in the day well, when if, was what, down. Why? Because if they were down by 25, then you, you could just stay out yeah. there and drink beer. And if they brought it back to within eight All or All of a sudden, you're, you're within a touchdown. It's like, damn, I got to go back in <laughs> there. You got to go cheer. back in. You got to be there, yeah. You're right. Well, yeah, so. We did, uh, the my only real tailgating experience at a college football game is, you know, that's as authentic as it gets. That's tailgating you know, Mecca is a college football game. Oh yeah. And it was the closest thing I got to with that was an ASU game. And it was Bandersnatch, which for nobody knows this, but it was the bar across the street from the stadium. Yeah. So that's the closest I ever got was going there beforehand. And then like you're talking about at halftime when either I've done it for an ASU game and a couple of Cardinals games when, you know, the home team is getting the crap kicked out of them. You just go to the, <laughs> go back to the bar at halftime and never, right. never leave. Yeah. Until, you know, Monday morning sometime. That's it. So for a future podcast, we could have more conversation about Bandersnatch because I've got some good foreign exchange uh, stories of Bandersnatch and, you know, German instructors that we hosted. Here. Jesus Christ. I and could not be more intrigued. Oh, it, it do we have time to divert for a moment? Uh, 
Absolutely. It's tailgating related, I think. This is, well, John, this is the Juby tailgate. Not, I guess it, I brought this, up Bandersnatch, so I blame yeah. myself. Well, this isn't tailgating related at all. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, Diane and I have been involved in, you know, foreign exchange, um, either students or adults for, you know, a number of years. And, oh, goodness, I can't remember how long ago um, there was a group of musician you know musical instructors from regensburg germany who came to tempe regensburg being one of tempe's sister cities um diana and i had the good fortune to host you know reiner one of the um, music instructors in our home and you know we took the group around to you know various and sundry events and interestingly enough on one of the the very first days um toward the end of the day we stopped at Bandersnatch just to, you know, grab a, a quick cold beverage, you know, to end the day, all adults, and, you know, everyone had a great time. So the next day we were out and I think we went to Rawhide or something like that. And, you know, we're coming back and pretty soon Reiner's up and he's whispering to me, is there any chance we could stop at Bandersnatch again? <laughs> and this got to be the routine for the next five days, no matter where we went or what we did, as we were coming back into town, it was, do we have time to stop at Bandersnatch again? <laughs> and, you know, I really miss the cool bar. Bandersnatch closing. Um, they had one of the great milk stouts ever. It's a, um, it a cool, dark, dark bar. <laughs> I, well, they had a great patio, too. Yeah, they did, Out, actually. Outdoors. That's yeah, true. It, it was... Yeah, great, I, big, I miss them. So, great big tree growing up out of the the backside by the park or the uh, patio. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, my, that, that's enough diversion. You know, that's just my quick Bandersnatch story. Great Bandersnatch story. I went there once with a with a Cardinals pregame uh, or excuse me preseason game against the Bengals. I'm a Bengals fan, so we went and watched the Bengals play against Cardinals pregame, and I went to Bandersnatch. It's the first time. I'd ever, because I've never been to Ohio in my life, I'm inexplicably a Bengals fan. Nobody can get, nobody understands why, and including me. So, but anyway, this is the first time I'd ever experienced other Bengals fans. <laughs> because well, well, they are an endangered. <laughs> all three of them? <laughs> they are an endangered species. They were all there. Yes, all three of them. No, there was actually, there were, I don't know, dozens, I dare say. It was, it was unbelievable, and I didn't know how to react to it. And that was the day that I realized that I did not like Bengals fans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is sad, but anyway. No, it's it's understandable. It, it You're the a, only one that I like, so <laughs> Well, so there you go. And you just mostly pretend. Yeah. Exactly. Well, well the only other tailgating story that I have or the, you know, that I've been in, in, in a part of was uh, you know, again at Autzen, but this is a, a different perspective. Oh, hey, perspective. Uh, I think we're, yeah. Oh, oh, no, well, Jesus, well, that triggered a whole thing. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, good Lord. I, good I'll Lord. Continue on with that. Hold, we, hold that thought, I guess. We get some drinks. <laughs> uh, so during this different perspective. Um, oh, you're going to cause like a real thing here if you keep up yeah, with that. I just want us to have a couple drinks as it, they, the beers come in. <laughs> well done. Um, I was, uh, I was actually catering at Autzen. There was one of the big, huge white tents 
And I yeah. worked for a company called Mucho Gusto, which was basically like a local Chipotle. And uh, we catered uh, one of the big tents and had, I forget exactly what the, the company was. Fresh seven ouncer for you. Oh, appreciate it, John. But that was that was interesting. Just not being a part of the tailgating, but seeing everyone else tailgate and be crazy and the bands and then, coming through. And have fun while you made four dollars and ninety-three cents an hour. Oh yeah. <laughs> Actually, I I'm not gonna lie, we made amazing tips at that oh, place. Good. That was really, really good pay, actually. But no, it was it was just different. Um, you know, to be in there and it was still a really cool environment you know the the vibes are great um but it was definitely different when you're not enjoying the moment well working during any event is different than than participating but i I think that because of how positive and how enjoyable that moment is when you're not working i was still able to really fully like enjoy working immensely more that's cool than, than i would if i wasn't there yeah, it's better to work at a cool event than, you know, work at a slime line and, you know, some mess hall. and Totally. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Slime line. Yeah. Slime nice. line is actually. Is that on Dirty Jobs? No. Wow. Well, it should have been. Slime line's uh, jargon for uh, fish cleaning in Alaska. Working in, I've done that. So yeah. well, that's another podcast. Right. Well, and we've touched on that in the yeah. past yeah. podcast. Also, we've touched on tailgating a bit in the past in some of our sports podcasts that we've done and. And Adam, you and I have talked about, you know, Alpine. Yes. And yes. the tailgating we did there for, we, for Zach's game at Sol Ross. We have mentioned oh, that. Oh, right. And so we were the only two people in the parking lot that were tailgating. Alpine, Texas, Alpine, right? Alpine, Texas. It was very interesting. We we were confused at one point in time. Um, but to be honest, just didn't give a fuck. <laughs> Alex? Alex? Sorry, Solomon. Alex. What's up, buddy? Sorry. Uh, we, Thanks for listening. Shout out, yeah. <laughs> Adam loves you. We we just we definitely were there and we're we're drinking. There was no one, no one even driving on the streets. I think which was no. We yeah we got there an hour before the game. Scary, and we really did question whether or not we were in the right place because the teams hadn't even arrived. Yeah, it's like a and, half an hour before the game. Yeah. And there was no fans or anything, but we, we tailgated anyway. And that's what really mattered is we, we powered through. That actually is what really mattered. That's we followed through and, and tailgated. It's easy to tailgate at Odson stadium. You almost tailgating happens on its own there. You know where it's going to be. Yeah. When you don't know if you're in the right spot and you continue to tailgate and you persevere in that adverse, it virtually didn't matter. Now, so, there that, could have been no football game. We would have had a that game. same season. There almost was no football game. <laughs> that same season, Zach had a game in Gunnison, Colorado, Colorado, uh, elevation about nine thousand feet. So, <laughs> so Steve was faring quite well. Uh, but I remember being in the parking lot outside the stadium. Where, well, the field. It's not a stadium. And I tailgated. I was up there by myself. So I'm going to call anything at nine thousand feet a stadium. By the way, so anyway. Yeah. So I, I'm in the parking lot. I look over and I can see the field, and I've got the Murano, and I got the back open. I've got my chair sitting there. I've got a beer in my hand and some chips, and I've got a I don't whatever game I could get on the radio. Freaking textbook playing. definition of tailgating. Is tailgating what that is. by myself. Yes. With no one else tailgating 
at the entire field or the stadium or whatever you want to call it. Stadium, I thought we established that. Okay. That's a pioneer right there. So, well, yeah, it's dedication is what it is. It really is. It's Go ahead, John. I mean, if there's a Hall of Fame for tailgating, I've, I've got to be like You're on the short, short list. Right there. That, that sort of makes the game Diana and I came to in Silver City, you know, kind of a pretty big event because oh, I think the, there were like five of us there. Silver City. No, we tailgated hard at Silver City every <laughs> yeah. home game. There was not so a have short you, crowd have you there, explained ever. what this is all about? Is, do people even understand what's going on here or no? What's they, that? Silver why City. you're doing all of these things? Well, it's Zach's year that he played at Western New Mexico. Yeah, I don't know how much you've gone in have explained that. I don't know to that the really listener. at all. No. So, Zach, the Juby that we've all heard on several occasions now on the podcast, the third uh, Juby in the Juby take, essentially, third or fourth, played college football for a couple of years. And he yeah. played in at, what was it, New Mexico? Western New Mexico. Western New Mexico in Silver City, New Mexico. And they played in the RMAC. And it was quite a thing because Steve drove to all of these well i think you flew did you fly once i i flew twice i flew twice? there was one in golden colorado so i flew into denver okay and went to that game and then there was a game at chadron new Me- uh, nebraska yeah so i flew into south dakota because the closest place you can't fly into chadron because <laughs> because they haven't they haven't discovered flight there yet <laughs> they're not aware of the wright brothers yeah yeah so i flew into um rapid city south dakota and rented a car yeah. and then drove down you, to Nebraska. You traveled the the Rockies essentially and and beyond, yeah. following Zach as he played football. Those two years was it two years or one year? One year. One in year. Western New Mexico. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So we drove. Adam and I drove to Alpine, Texas. So yeah. hence several, often <laughs> difficult tailgating situations. Yeah. Oh yeah. Challenging to say the least. Oh, it, one of the one after the other after the other. That's yeah. That's. That's all it was. That year is one of the the greatest sports years I've had, just for being able to do that, follow the team. That was the same year the Niners were good, right? And and Oregon, you had quite a football year, as I recall. Yeah, 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 that was true. That was great. Yeah, it was. And the Yankees were in the playoffs. Yeah, life was good. So I remember leaving the the game in Gunnison, and I had to drive down to about halfway home. Cortez, I think. Cortez, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Cortez, Colorado. In the middle of damn nowhere. Yeah. So driving and you drive from from Gunnison and you go down and you go by Telluride and yeah, all of that. South end of the Rockies there. So uh, I remember leaving after the game and uh, Western New Mexico won that game. And so I had satellite radio. So I listened to the Oregon game, which started right after that game ended. So, and satellite radio is just the best if you're driving in the middle of nowhere. You're, so that's driving tailgating. Yeah. So I'm listening Basically. to the, I'm listening to the Oregon. I think it was Oregon, Washington State, actually. And we trounced them. And then when that game was over, I picked up the Yankees playoff game and listened to that down into Cortez, got a hotel room, and went in and watched the last four innings of the Yankee game that was won. Nice. So it was quite a day. <laughs> that is a good day. Of tailgating and yeah. watching sports. And, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Sports in general. So, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Uh, our trip to the Super Bowl, which started all of the Super Bowl trips, which we've talked a little bit about, and maybe at some point we'll we'll go into. Yeah, there's got to be a podcast. Is this yeah, the one with the van? Is this? Yeah, this is where, where John uh, Juby and Mike Juby and Pat Folger and I. This has to be one of my favorite tailgating stories. And we headed off. Of all time. Because uh, being 49er fans and 
they were playing in the Super Bowl in 85, the 84 season. Yeah, against the Dolphins. Against the Dolphins. Dan and it was, Yeah, and it was at uh, Stanford Stadium in Palo Alto. So we just got in my $800 van. Which is what, seven minutes from the Niners Stadium or something like that? <laughs> At that point, from from uh, Candlestick. Well, Candlestick, no, Candlestick uh, was way on the other side. Yeah, I know, I'm I'm joking, but at Palo Alto, Jesus. Anyway, not the point. Yeah, thanks for Sorry. breaking my rhythm with yeah, that. Yeah, my bad. Kick, so kick this guy off the podcast, will you? <laughs> I'm not sure I can do that. <laughs> so anyway, uh, yeah, we and we went down there and we camped for a couple nights right outside the stadium and watched the game and had people wandering around and that whole story. Uh, but that was the ultimate tailgate for me. Because uh, we were there, actually watched the Super Bowl on a TV with a generator sitting right outside the stadium so we could hear. Had the living room rug and recliner there? Well, everything. We had no recliners. We just had living room chairs. Come on. Don't, don't, Jesus Christ, don't embellish Adam. more than it was. It ruined just, the story. It was it. just my li- living room furniture. <laughs> That's in the, what I in remember, all right? But the interesting thing was is you, everything's on a delay that's broadcast. So we actually would hear the roar of the crowd because as you can imagine, it was kind of pro 49er crowd before it actually happened on the TV. So it was another interesting way of, of watching. Yeah. Hearing the, the cheering and then having to just wait, you know, yeah, there's seven seconds. or nine, yeah. Nine second delay or whatever it is for, for it to be on. So, yeah. but yeah, I mean, tailgating is depending on, you know, whatever your definition is, it's still a great way of enjoying an event with friends you know, Zach and I went to uh, the Holiday Bowl a years back and uh, at a friend of mine who they have a group of people that go to the Holiday Bowl every year. Doesn't matter who is playing. And where is the Holiday Bowl every year? San Diego. Okay. It's a good place to go in uh, the winter time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we showed up and tailgated with these guys and, and there was probably 35, 40 people and they just, they go every year and they have this big setup that they do and and, you know, they could care less that it was you know, Oregon tailgating but, becoming an event itself. Yeah. It just, that's what they did because they're all from that area. So that was fun. So there's almost all of the focus on tailgating has been football here. Another perspective on tailgating. Hey now. One of the, all right, all right, we can do it. John, the rules are the rules. I didn't make them up. Yeah. 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 And I'll try and pretend I forgot them. <laughs> NASCAR has oh, got to be one of the, biggest sports for tailgating ever now i realize that you know there's not um you know 40 games a weekend there's you know one but it's probably for most of the folks that attend you know in the camping and rv areas it's a three-day tailgate party interrupted by a couple of sporting events and you know i'm I'm here to say nobody knows how to tailgate like nascar fans i don't think anybody would argue with you no no that that's um that's well known yeah so yeah just a a shout out you know just yeah everybody i think knows i'm a nascar fan well you had you had season tickets oh yeah at pir for years so you have to have oh yeah and and, stories we've done everything from you know driving out you know back and forth three times a weekend to um, motorhoming out there and you know the motorhoming nascar is another interesting thing yeah if you and i'm gonna it's like talk, a prolonged tailgating that's like days of tailgating that's, well, yeah that's, but 
yeah, even before that, you have to pre-plan. And if you're of course not one of the you know the rich folks that reserves you know on an asphalt spot uh, uh, an RV slot, if you're in the camping area and you know driving in in the first come first serve, you need to get in line, and the line starts early Monday morning. And the gates open Monday afternoon. And, you know, you drive out there, somebody drives the motorhome, and, you know, you need another chase vehicle, and you both go in, and, you know, you park the motorhome, and you leave that, and you don't come back to your motorhome after you've selected your camping spot until, you know, Thursday night or Friday morning, you know, depending on what the event schedule is and what your schedule is. But, you know, it's thinking about that, you know, a week in advance and you know taking the time off on the monday to get there so that you're early in line so that you can get a good camping spot or a good you know parking spot in the unreserved space and i'll tell you the unreserved space is a lot more interesting than you know the the you know the reserves are those you know the big um 40 50 foot uh, buses and motorhomes um out in the unreserved camping is you will see everything you could imagine and you know everything from you know some of the folks that would get out there on monday and they would set up smokers and cookers and whatnot and they would start cooking on monday for the people they knew that would be coming in to join them thursday friday saturday for the weekend i know it was very impressive So you're talking about they set up Monday for essentially what we all know as a Sunday race, right? Is that is that? All right, yeah. So we know it as a Sunday race. I mean, there there are more events obviously that take place, but everybody on TV sees the Sunday race. They see the Sunday race, but there's there are other races, of course. Well, they've they've compressed the schedule. It used to be you know practice on Thursday and Friday and qualifying Saturday. Uh, Things are compressed a little bit now. You've got practice and qualifying on saturday if you've got a three event weekend you've got the trucks on friday and xfinity on saturday but you know a lot of these folks would be out there you know some of the folks would set up on monday and stay for the whole weekend a lot of folks would come in and position their equipment on monday and then drive back in with a second vehicle um you know Thursday, Friday, or Saturday, you know, depending on what their schedules were. Sure. But yeah, it was. Um, You're right. That's so a, it's yeah, that's it's a, quite quite a commitment. It, it's <laughs> that's more it, than showing it's, up it's an hour and a half before the game. Much more than a football yeah. game. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. No, well, and so is it good or is it bad? Does that speak well of of those people, or is that something maybe they should talk to a doctor about? Because that is borderline obsession. I see absolutely nothing wrong with doing that. If you've got the the time and the capacity, the wherewithal, you know, whatever it takes to do it, why why wouldn't you? It, it, it well, the having other... been there, you know, the the fun is you know you, you can't quite measure it. It's 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 not just the dollars and cents, but it's the ability to say yes, I was there, I did this, I've I've been there. Yeah, I'm with you. I understand well, that. And the other sure. thing with the race, and, and now there are two races in Phoenix, but there used to be just one, right? So this is a once-a-year event. Yeah, you're right. So it's it's not like a season. Why where, not take a week? Yeah, I mean, yeah. this is once a year NASCAR comes to Phoenix. And, no, and, I get it. I'm, yeah. I'm making a little bit of fun of, of it, but I totally understand. That sounds oh, like a yeah. great, a great, it's, great thing. 
Yeah, and and this happens every weekend, you know, for 36 weeks out of the year around the country. Right, um, yeah, different it, it's, different venues. Yeah, so. it's, it's not like football where, you know, there's, you know, like I said, you know, 40 games a week. There, there's 36 races for the entire season. Well, and it's somewhere else. Each, oh, yeah. Each season, every, everywhere in the country, every each race team, is different. You know, every, every team has a game, you know, that week. You know, you're, so it's not just 40 games. It's, you know, we have 16 or whatever it is a year here for Cardinals fans or whatever it is. Right. Oh, so yeah. not 16, eight, 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 right. eight home yeah. games. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, and if you, you know, live in California now. <laughs> so, you know, you know, you, you go to the other extreme, you talk about baseball, you know, 162 games. Yes. You don't see an awful lot of tailgating no. at baseball no. games. I, there's just too many. It, so maybe not the thing. So and, yeah. and it just occurred to me, maybe the uh, ratio is, is fairly simple, right? It's the amount of games to the intensity of the tailgating, you know, ratio, like, yeah. because NASCAR is once a year. So that's the, that's the, the most ballistic tailgating you're going to see. NFL yeah. games are at best 16 times a year or eight well, times eight, a year yeah. and and nobody well, goes to all plus eight. the playoffs right. and, well people yeah. go to well, all in college, yeah yeah with college yeah. you have six home games sure yeah. so or it's, seven depending so, on right and yeah. so yeah you're right baseball games the tailgating is way watered down there isn't even tailgating actually and no. there's I, just so many i games. have to say i don't know that i've ever heard of basketball tailgating and, and i'm sure, sure there is i'm sure it happens i, I, I just haven't steve been part of it yeah now i know there I've, is some hockey yeah tailgating well that's a different but that's hockey a whole fans different thing, are yes. whole different yeah. <laughs> yeah that's you throw the book right out the window when you're talking about <laughs> hockey fans yeah gladly and thankfully <laughs> frankly yeah back in the 80s I, I i worked with uh at mid-valley lumber and the hills owned mid-valley lumber and daryl hill was a bit of a partier and he and i clicked pretty good and he had a really nice tricked out back when they had the the uh opera window vans you know with the bucket seats that swiveled and all that kind of stuff so he had a really nice van and his parents were the first people to buy blazer season tickets when they first went on sale in 1970 so they were awesome seats they're right behind the blazer bench actually between the blazer bench and bill shonley the announcer they sat right behind there so we would go up on the day of a game and We'd leave. I was still working, actually. And so we had to go somewhere. I'd jump in the van with him. We'd leave at like 10 in the morning for a 7 o'clock game. And it's an hour drive. And we'd wander up and we'd sit in the parking lot because of the seats they had. They, had, they didn't have to go through the main entrance. There was This is the uh, before the Rose Garden. This was uh, Memorial Coliseum. And there was a, an entrance down below. And so we would park down there and sit and listen to music and drink beer all day to go in at six o'clock for a seven o'clock game. So I have tailgated for basketball games. <laughs> that qualifies. Yeah. For sure. Hmm? What about golf? Oh, Jesus. That's good. All right. Is there any, what about golf? Is there any tailgating? Absolutely. Golf. Absolutely. It's in the parking lot before we play a round of golf That's where, right. we're, where we're putting beers <laughs> into our bag, you know, or, or mixing that, that orange juice and you know, vodka happens drink. whether you're playing or whether you're watching. Or if you happen to matter. have an afternoon tea time when you duck into the clubhouse right before you tee off. Yes. There's. Yeah. You know, there's that. Yeah, absolutely. That could be the most tailgated sport <laughs> ever. And certainly post 
post event. Yeah. If you're gonna if you're gonna try and tie that in, then that's uh, yeah. But there certainly seems to be a lot of, um, and here again we're getting into definitions, but tailgating or um, you know enjoyment of the game during the golf tournaments. And yeah, I'm thinking primarily right now about the Phoenix Open. I don't know too much, but you know you've got the 19th hole in the Eagle's Nest and all that kind oh, of stuff. Oh, as a spectator, and, yeah. Well, that's you know they're having a great time. They're having a great time, and actually we have had a lot of fun. Yeah, that's a during. The event, it, yeah. During yeah. the event, yeah, they're there for quite a few years. We were able to get our hands on some green keepers passes, yep. and so Joe and I and David and, and Jim J- and Jim, yep, James, James, yep. Uh, over the years, have have spent time in the tents. Shout out to James Brandt, by the way. That, James, yeah, a rare James Brandt uh, sighting reference. Love it. Okay, well, uh, back back to football, just. Just for a second, um, and one one more experience I've had, and you know, kind of a little bit of a difference is regular season games versus bowl games. When when you're at a, a regular season game, the crowd is very different. Yeah, you know, it's all for you know the home team. If you're you know like I was, you know here in Tempe and at ASU for a Fiesta Bowl, and the Sun Devils aren't playing. Now it's not a home team game. Now you've got two teams that could be coming from anywhere. And the right. crowd is very different. Yeah, it's a, it's um, a traveled crowd. It's, right. and it's there are local some... people that just, just go to the event for the event. It's both teams' crowds, yeah. There doesn't seem to be quite as much. And you know, my experience, and this is going to go back you know, more than 20 years since I've done this you know, for a, a festival, obviously. Uh, uh, anyway... Um, it, it seemed to me that for the bowl games, the opposing fans got along better with each other. There was more good-natured rivalry than when you're an oppo- you know when you see an opposing fan for a, a Sun Devil game sure. there or something yeah, like that. Season yeah, totally, totally agree um, with that. Yeah, I've, I've seen that something. several times as just being down in Tempe. And not going to the game, but seeing all the fans in down on Mill Avenue, which everybody knows, if you know Tempe, is the is the spot. But I agree with that. I've seen it year after year. Particularly, I remember, I think it was Nebraska and Colorado or something like that several years ago. And I remember being at a bar with both fans there celebrating, getting ready, tailgating essentially for the game. Now, granted, it was the night before, but... Uh, I think I don't think they slept, so that qualifies. Yeah. No, it's you're, yeah, you're there. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, you're right. They were just all there, and there's good-natured, you know, r- ribbing and rivalry, but it all was very, very cordial. Is yeah, maybe I, not the best. Term, well, but. you know, except for maybe when Miami came Great in, but you. you know, maybe I'm just <laughs> Thanks, you Alan. know my own bias on that one, but uh. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember that, but. Yeah, it's I've seen it in Notre Dame. It travels well, and their fans are usually pretty fun. And and oh, yeah. I mean, the Fiesta Bowl is such a great event. And when it was in Tempe, you know, you got to we East Valiers, if that's a term, got to experience it a little bit. And and I liked that quite a bit, seeing that. And and again, particularly the Colorado, the Notre Dames, the Nebraska fans, all very very cool. And maybe the Midwest fans are just that yeah, way. I- they're just happy to be out of the I would imagine <laughs> they are. Weather. Right. Exactly. <laughs> it's a good time of the Down year in to Arizona. be in, in yeah, Tempe. Exactly. Yeah. 
make me Why smile. Would, that's a good point. Why wouldn't they be happy? Yeah. Well, I remember when Oregon played uh, Auburn, and that was in the Fiesta Bowl for the national championship. That's right. That's right. And so those fans came to town, and it was the same kind of thing. Everybody really got along. I went to several of the events, you know, up in Scottsdale, and yeah, and everybody was, you know, cordial. Everybody was nice. Everybody's, you know, got their colors on, and you know, but there, I didn't, I didn't see any, any kind of animosity or any kind of problems. Now that's not true when it comes to ASU when Oregon comes to town because they're the most rude assholes I've ever seen. Which I think is exactly John's point. Why yeah. you just brought it up. Yeah, it's like regular season games, it's just a, it changes. Yeah. So. It's the difference between the season and the bowl season. Yeah, you just you haven't accomplished exactly. anything. When you, when you go to a bowl game, you've won already. Well, you've got the home in a sense. Usually, well, here of course, what you're referring to is the hometown crowd, right? And they're they got a chip on their shoulder, and, yeah. And and the you know the teams coming in, especially if it's a team that you know they're not favored against, is now they they got a double chip on their shoulder, and it gets weird in a hurry. Yeah, that's yeah, it gets ugly. But yeah, that's that's true. And that's what's fun about traveling with a team. You're going to a new area and, you know, you get to enjoy and, and every, who doesn't want to come to to the Phoenix area in January? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, there's few places in the country that are as nice as it is here. Yes, very few. So it's yeah, and, and like we talked about earlier with the Holiday Bowl and in, in San Diego I and mean, there isn't a bad time to go to San Diego. Nope. <laughs> 72 and a half degrees yeah. year round. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I think we're going to, uh, we're going to wind this down. I want to thank uh, John for being on the podcast and also hosting the game tonight with his new 65 inch TV outside, wow. which was, it was amazing. Pretty sweet. Loved it. Glad you enjoyed. All right, Joe again, TJC as always. Solid. I'm the luckiest guy in the world. I don't know about that. I thought that was Lou Gehrig. Uh, well, it's between he and I. It hasn't actually been decided. Okay. Okay. Adam, thanks well, again. Then there's me. All right. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening. And if you want, there's more perspectives later. We're living in a world of capital of her progression. Spreading love but on a wealth obsession Money can't help you see the light In the end you can't buy yourself a Porsche when you're dead Well mama said that I don't gotta be Part of the world to truly love Pray for a difficult life To live and rise above it This is the time I'm asked So let's be tasted So let's do everything we can Before what of today point them out to me so i can come and join their rate we'll walk around this land with open hands looking for change we'll want to understand
understand this progression we have at hand. Humanity is killing wheat for this we will not stand. I say let's progress in good contest. Make conference then love our best. Our onslaught of love will be at an all-time high. Crashing like waves on some ponderosa pines. Our love that makes no sense. We who spend love at no expense. We are a force of passion. Create a new faction. Taking action. Working hard just for the satisfactions. With the abilities to shine so bright that others want to fight. Because our light is in their eyes. Ladies and gentlemen, we are. Trust us, for we will teach you how to be 